You're listening to the Gen Zen Broadcasting System. You're listening to 40 Something Podcast, Valley in the Vid. Now, here are your hosts, Silicon Steve Valley and the Vig. 40 something podcast. We are here live for your listening pleasure. Silicon Steve Valley here, and Vig on the other side. And we are in the midst of probably the most beautiful day of the year so far. So the weather is getting really spectacular out here on the Lehigh Valley. And I like this effect of my glasses. I look like I'm a fucking. Oh yeah, you got this slight because it's, it's like it's going on. It's like a su- it's a real sunny room, so my glasses have been activated. And Vig had a little quick conversation with our guest, Mr. Ray Pearson, of course, author of the book God's Cruel Joke, and had a lot of real complimentary things to say about you, your acumen, and your intelligence, and all that. And he had a great time being on this show, and he really enjoyed talking to you. Well, thank you. And I did thank him about that. And actually, I think you had left the the Zoom room and we were still going for a couple more minutes afterwards uh, there on on Sunday. So it was a a really great conversation. We really revved it up and we got going. That was like our big long form episode. So check it out on Spotify, 4047's podcast with uh, with Roy and the um, author of God's Cruel Joke, which honestly, it's, it's, it's like, you know, Am I gonna am I gonna like this book? Don't don't judge a book by the title, right? You know, don't don't judge a book by a cover. You have to do going in there. There is a good amount of misogyny in this book, kind of looking at and experiencing how the mind of a teenage boy, barely a man, I think he's you know in college, early college how that kind of thought process works when you get it simple down. We talk about, you know, Neanderthal men or, you know what I mean? Whatever the case may be, but it was, it's really a coming of age book and how perspectives change too. So it's, and and it's hilarious. It's a really funny book. So definitely check that out. God's cruel joke by Ray Pearson. Yes. On the one with the second guest, the second guest on the 40 somethings podcast. And it's certainly not the last Oh, we and, got a lot uh, going on. And we're going to have a yeah. huge announcement tomorrow, Vig. You know oh, the announcement. Okay. We're going to do it on oh, our show really? tomorrow. Okay. And this show's going up on, this show's actually going to be going up on Thursday. So Friday, we are going to have a monster announcement of doing some co-promotion with a very large production company in the in the northeast air in the in the northeast region. So that's all I'll say. A little tease, but we're going to have an announcement on Friday on what we're doing. Sounds great. Stay tuned. Forty Seven's podcast. Hey, I wanted to mention something. Do you do you remember the dating site Plenty of Fish? I have had sex with several women from Plenty of Fish. So yes. So that's still around, right? It's still around because I jumped on it the other day. I just said, well, you know, what the heck? We're starting to come out of this, coming on the other side of this uh, pandemic. Let's, let's just see what's out there. Let's, let's just peruse the open territory for the for Denver area as far as available women and, 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 and on plenty of fish. Because honestly, I had some success on there in the past, too. You know, a little seedy, kind of low rent, but, uh, you know, kind of fun and free. 
Well, boy, has that changed. It's they have this whole live thing now where people just go on there live and they stay on there all day and they like, you know, you, you can like you can say, okay, I'll I'll try to date you. And then they put you in, in this room with the girl, and then you're just there and you just gotta like do your thing and like try to kick it to her, you know, and see if you can like win a date with her. And she can just smash, smash the whatever and just dish you hang and like just kick you out of the room and it i'm watching these guys do this and i'm like well i have to admit and then there was this one girl i just said well i'll just i'll step right up to this one and honestly she she was really kind of out of my parameters what of what i'd normally go do but i just figured uh i'd give it a shot and I, yeah i actually did all right she was 26 and but it was it was the navel ring that really did it i was like okay all right and then but uh I don't, she didn't like, number? are you guys okay. hanging out? No, no, she just said, check me out back. So she would be on there tomorrow, you know? And, uh, and I tell you what, it really has changed a lot. Plenty of fish is not just your old CD, uh, low rent dating site where, where you just kind of scooped it, scooped uh, something for the weekend. It's like a whole interactive, intuitive, uh, live platform. And, and it's honestly, people are just doing dangerous shit on there. There's one guy he was driving. And he was on, he was live on PLF and he's like turning the steering wheel and whatever. And I'm just like, okay, this is not good. But uh, a lot of things, there's actually some people that probably, we could probably take the 40 something's podcast and put it right on plenty of fish and see what, see what kind of listenership we could get there. Kelly Williams would have my dick cut off if I did probably, but maybe, well, maybe if she's the catalyst of it, you know, it's funny. And what was, I don't know, plenty of fish was just easier because it was free. All the decent ones, match.com, eHarmony, they all, you had to pay for them. Plenty of fish was free communication for everybody. So yeah, possibly the lower end people, but I, I don't consider myself low rent. And I had a great time. Plenty of fish was the one I used most of all. You know, there's something to be I said about that too, you know, but I was always a hopeless romantic. I wasn't just trying to get laid. I really wasn't. I did. I did. But it wasn't because I was, I'm going to play this girl out. I'm just trying to get, you know, it was just, it's funny. You have all these girls and, oh, possible mates. Maybe this could be the one, you know, I always believed in that. This could be the real great moment. This could be the girl of my dreams. And I always thought this was the one, this was the one, this was the one. I had about 15 ones, especially between, (laughs) between 2010 and 2016. I hear you. I was next to Tinder, Plenty of Fish was definitely my most successful uh, run on the dating apps. And uh, I don't know, the jury's still out, but it, it does. So to really to, to see people who viewed your profile or to really interact with people, you have to like buy these tokens now or actually just sign up for a month subscription and then you have to buy it two months in advance. So um, I don't know. Thought it was worth mentioning for me uh, as as a single guy that uh, is putting himself out there uh, yeah, yeah, to get to sure. the other side of the pandemic. And I honestly, I, I I say for for the guys out there, if you're single, I think it's time to start getting back into it a little bit. Uh, you know, the vaccine is going to be be making its its way through the ranks of people, and I I'm actually thinking that uh, this is a bold statement but I really think we're going to reach herd immunity by June. And we're going to have a fairly normal summer where we're going to have 80% capacity at places like Wrigley Field and Red Rocks Amphitheater. I know it might be a little optimistic, but I think we're going to get it there. I think they're downplaying it a little bit because they want uh, everything to really kind of really just go 
the way it should, like for once. And we can, you know, we're almost there. I feel like we're all, you know, we're on the latter side of this. And uh, I, I, I'm going to make a bold prediction and say that we reach herd immunity by June. Well, it is a bold statement, and that would be great to me. That would give us a good amount of the summer. Now, but by that, that being said, a lot of people are probably going to be afraid to really launch a lot of things in June, July. But I think come August, you're going to start seeing events planned. And I'm telling you, these bands and these artists, these live performing artists, people in Broadway and all across stages in America, they need to come back desperately. These are how people put food on the table. So believe me, they, they want it really badly. My daughter is clamming at the bit to go to Hamilton in New York city. So, you know, we got that. So she's waiting for that. Oh yeah. That would be great. But you know, the fact of the matter is, uh, yeah, I think we're going into a very good spot. My question is, uh, this is for the guy who's really been kind of secluded at the last year or so, but there's also the other spe- end of the spectrum where the guy is always looking for it. Those are the creepers on Plenty of Fish where they're always going after. And they never stop. They, they, to hell with the pandemic. They're still trying to chase pussy, you know? Sure. And a lot of men do look like they're conquests on there. But Plenty of Fish was free. I, besides that, I don't think it was – I didn't notice a distinct difference between that and Match, for example, except you had to pay for it. However, eHarmony was a little bit different. In eHarmony, you had to ask several questions. They had to really go down to your personality profile and see what and who you would match up with. So it's more much deeper than, oh, they're cute, whereas Plenty of Fish and Tinder certainly was that. I Especially Tinder. I I had, I'm, an, I'm a hideous man. I'm an absolute hideous-looking man. So there was no way for me to get any luck on Tinder. I, I – one girl swiped me forward, and I don't know what was going on with her, but it wasn't something I wanted to deal with. I actually passed up, really, some some opportunities on there that uh, either I just wasn't in the right place in my life at the time or uh, just because just maybe it was even a little clueless. But I think Tinder was probably my best run as far as being single and dating. How, <laughs> many, did, how many girls did you either date and or sleep with or even hook oh, up with? I don't. I actually don't know. I, too I don't many know. to count. Well, you know, see, once you start, um, you know, coming out with that, then everybody starts sizing each other up towards it. And then like, oh, I, I, I dated, I, I hooked up with way more girls than that, or I, you know, you probably, you probably did. So you probably did. I don't know. But I'll tell you, I, I, I don't actually I think it was that much. But I'm, 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 quali- I'm quality, not quantity, as you, as you kind of know. But uh, yeah. All right. Well, I'll I'll put it out there. I slept okay, with I slept with seven women from Plenty of Fish in a span of about four years. So, and I didn't. That wasn't desperately trying. It just is the way it is. Uh, I dated one for a few weeks, and I assholed out, as they say. And a couple other were just one night stands. I did have a one night stand with a woman from eHarmony as well, and I also had a and I also had a one night stand from Match. So I have had, you know, some moments of that, but never anything that really stuck too long. In fact, the longest relationship I met from a dating website was a dating website called Alt.com, which is which caters to the BDSM community. So that, and I, I was with a girl for nine months. I met her on there and that just was a whole weird dichotomy, how our relationship evolved from a master 
from a master sub to a to a mistress and sub. Very interesting. Well, we might get into that one day, a BDSM episode, but uh, that really was the only successful relationship I had, if you want to call it successful, because now we hate each other. So, well, she hates me. <laughs> I don't know if it's successful. We had some great sex, though. Sounds good. It's kind of what you. That's kind of what you want, really. I guess. Uh, you know, it's what you need to be looking for on some of these sites, right? Is ultimately having sex. You'd like to think there was a little bit more loving and respectful, and more. Let's. And I don't necessarily want to call sex superficial, but hopefully, it's not just superficial. Like my relationship with Kelly Williams, I would say our sex life is not at an all time high. It's not at a low really, but it's not at an all time high, but our relationship in terms of how we're creating with each other and how we're building each other up has never been at an all time high, higher than this right now. So really a relationship is a lot of moving pieces. Sex is certainly one. And I was talking about it with Kelly Williams and and she's interested in possibly having a sex episode, a sepsisode, a sexisode, where we talk about how couples can communicate, grow when, you know, how many times are we in the the kind of relationship where the person just annoys the shit out of you, you know, just by looking at them like, ah, fucking hate you. I want to leave, you know? Yeah. Well, that's also going to be because of what is, what's been going on the last year. We've all been on top of each other, stuck in the, stuck in the house. Uh, haven't been able to like get out and do stuff. So Yeah. So that's cool. But so anyways, we're, so we're excited about a lot of things. Vig, what's going on in the world today? Bitcoin is looking good, huh? 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 So yeah, Bitcoin has actually come roaring back. Um, you know, just when the naysayers start coming out in full force. So, um, you know, once again, we're, we're not financial advisors on the 40-something podcast, and we, we're not advising anybody to buy buy into this or anything but we, we just like to talk about it really so yeah it actually has gone back uh to the to the to the green so to speak and uh, i honestly think this is going to be the start of a huge uh roaring market um we're going to have a bunch of stimulus coming into the economy people will probably be opting to do uh do some crypto investing and do some other investing as well I'm paying off some bills and I I honestly think we're going to bounce and there's going to be, I I think we're really going to see a bull market like we've never seen. And honestly, uh, I'd really look for possibly some people in in, in our government to look to try to limit that. I don't know what they're going to be able to do. They can't really stop it. But uh, I have to say, if if you're making any money off of this, you have to really look at uh, how much tax you're going to have to be liable for. Uh, in the next tax year, so that's something to really look fo- look forward to or really look into. Um, if, if you think that Uncle Sam isn't going to be holding his hand out for a little of this profit, it's definitely going to be def- definitely going to be happening. But but yes, actually, just to to move on, Bitcoin is is up. Ethereum, if you're uh, into this stuff, really, Ethereum has made a lot of massive gains lately, and that is actually going to be a network that's going to be full functional. Whereas Bitcoin is going to be more of a store of value, Ethereum is actually going to be an ecosystem, a working financial ecosystem that will fund and and uh, move a lot of different uh, tokens and assets across its its network. So this is going to be a very interesting thing to look at, uh, and I think that that is headed up into into the clouds, really coming up over the next couple of months. And um, yeah, so they signed signed this the, the probably the biggest. Uh, uh, 
relief bill our country's probably ever seen in history, really. Maybe, maybe I have to try to think back to some of these World War II era type things or Reconstruction era type areas. But uh, the COVID relief bill has passed and not a single Republican voted for it. So that does kind of feel like I think there's some going to be some problems arising in as far as bipartisanism in our Congress. And why don't the Republicans want to put this stimulus and put money in people's hands? Well, I think it's not so much that. And it is that, but it's not so much that, whereas there was tons of pork in this bill and there was tons of stuff that had nothing to do with COVID and they were pushing it through. Yeah. And they had a lot of that. And honestly, a lot of that's not getting out because the Democrats don't want the really the masses to really know. And uh, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like that that's how that's like every bill in Congress. Every bill has always had pork spending. It's that's how they stick things through. That's how you get things through to, you know, that wouldn't normally pass. You just tag it on the end of the bill. So, so I see yeah, you're muting. <laughs> Good job. Good job. I'm gonna wipe, I'm gonna wipe my snot rag on my face now. A la Rudy Giuliani. So yeah. No, it, it's just interesting to me. And by the way, you're right. There is tons of pork, and they've been doing it for years. And the problem is they are relying relying on an uneducated population. And an uned, un, uneducated population, that's when they're insects, and they can be played with by the powers that be. You saw that on January 6th. Insects. The right. insects are restless because if everybody knew the pork in it, and they would hold their side accountable. The problem is nobody is holding their side ac- accountable. How is Governor Cuomo in New York not being roasted by the left and, and the Me Too movement? Well, so I think maybe we could look at this as is 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 a it's a storm. It's a big storm right now. But like every storm, it blows over eventually. So I think they're trying to take a look at like say with the governor of Virginia. He got in some hot water a little while ago about the blackface at a Halloween party and uh, they were asking for his resignation. And he just held through the storm, held on and held on and it, it passed over. And now nobody's talking about it and he's still in office. But, uh, you know, and honestly, that, that was that was I mean, if you saw the pictures of the Virginia governor in this at this Halloween party, you would say this is, we're talking about cancel culture here. We were just talking about this before the free and pre-production that, you know, then, then there's just getting canceled. And honestly, I think that governor deserved that. But uh, I feel that governor Cuomo is going to try to hang on and wait for this to pass. And I think actually, if New York comes off this post pandemic really well, that will bode bell weather better for Cuomo to, to remain in office. But uh, yeah, three, three, three accusers right now. Um, both have very candid stories uh, that specifically mention things that uh, that Andrew Cuomo has said. And, well, it doesn't really look good for the governor right now, but it didn't for the governor of Virginia during 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 the same type of, of controversy. Well, not same type, but this is sexual harassment versus just straight up racist, racist uh, Halloween costume. But uh, Democratic governor that was it's on the skits. And uh, we'll, we'll see what happens, though. We'll see what happens. It, the problem is, is that neither side holds their side accountable when they do something completely unscrupulous. And you can – a Republican will say it started when Democrats didn't hold Bill Clinton accountable for lying about, get, about having sex with Monica Lewinsky. You can argue that. You can argue it's – 
definitely argue that it happened during the Obama years. And obviously it spilled over and it was at its peak during the Trump years. I mean, these yes. are decent human beings have turned their back on their country, turned their back on their principle, and have assisted a con man, a narcissist. Guys like Rand Paul, Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, who hated Donald Trump to the letter prior to him winning the primary. They all turned – and now the, and the Democrats, particularly the ones in New York State, are doing the same thing with Andrew Cuomo. We have got to weed people like this out. And I like Andrew Cuomo, or Andrew Cuomo. I like the fact he was standing up to Trump last year. He was clowning Trump on a daily basis. It was brilliant. Yeah, I do. And it was great because you know he has no respect for Trump and could give a fuck about what Donald Trump says or does. Most so that was great. He gained a lot of favor with Democrats that way. But at the end of the day, if he did these things, he needs to go. I'm not saying... Get rid of him now. But if these are found to be factual at all, he needs to go. Donald Trump needs to go. But these guys, neither one aside or keep it holding them accountable. We have lowered the bar on our leaders, and it's disgusting. And until Republicans say, yeah, Donald Trump's a piece of shit, and if, if everything is true, and if, same thing, if Democrats start saying Cuomo's a piece of shit, if what he did is true, they are afraid because they're afraid of their political careers. They care more about self and party than they do about our country, and that is what is the problem. And now governors can do whatever the fuck they want. Presidents can do whatever the fuck they want. And as long as the party toes the line perfectly, they'll be safe. It's really incredible and very sad. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well stated. Uh, it's tough to really say to make, to force a governor to resign or to really be like, you need to resign because of these, these things that happened, uh, as far as women, when you had a president of the United States for, for four years, just run his mouth about anything really. And had the same, really the same, same type of, uh, charges really these the same type of things that are happening with andrew cuomo right now happened with trump while he was in office so and you know so it's tough to to really point fingers with this and of course they will but things are definitely a mess um hopefully it does get better um i'm, I'm thinking maybe maybe on the on the other side of this we'll we'll focus a little less on our government and a little bit more on on our society and, and 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 enjoying ourselves a little bit more and progressing ourselves a little bit more. Hopefully the job market picks up. I know they posted a uh, rent or repossess note on my neighbor's door this morning. I think he got it, but that usually means that you have two days to clear that before the guys in the white hazmat suits come knocking and out goes all your shit onto the lawn. It's happened three times here in the last couple of months. And uh, just goes to show you here in Denver, um, we don't have that. Uh, we, we don't have that pandemic protection anymore. Um, if if your landlord wants to evict you here and you get behind and, and you you don't have it, you're out. And it sucks because there's a snowstorm coming this week. It's really sad. It's really sad. And there's a whole thing. But going back to what we were talking about, I, I think it's just it's just one of the things that I think is going to be the death nail of our country is the way that we are not being truthful. And the whataboutism is one of the biggest problems because anytime you bring up something about Trump, for example, with Dave with with Dave from Flemington, anytime you bring up some, oh, but it's okay for this guy. Oh, but it's okay for this guy. And by the way, Democrats do it too. And they're doing it with Cuomo now. 
Oh, but it's okay for Donald Trump to do it. No, none of this shit is okay. Nobody ever said it was okay. You have to be truth with self and your own party. And you got to look, we have to start looking at good human beings to lead us. It's no longer just because they're this or that. They have to be good people and they have to have a long record of being a good person. That's the only way we're going to through. You have to start from within and going back to your point, the best thing to do to make this world better is to make yourself better and people around you better. That's the, really the best way. The old silly adage, which is not silly, but it's a, it's a cliche, be the change you want to see in the world. That's what needs to happen. But no one wants to do that. They just want to sit on their sit on their, on their profile on whatever social media they feel like spitting their shit out, you know, and, and pass judgment. Meanwhile, not looking at what they need to fix in their lives. Sure. And I, I think maybe sometime at this point, we've, we've lowered the bar so much that if being the change you want to see in the world really is, uh, it, it, it's not going to take much. It could just be as much as just going out and picking up trash outside your, your place, really, or snowing, snow, uh, snow shoveling somebody's driveway for them, or, you know, helping somebody change a tire. Um, I've, I've done all, all those things in the last couple of months. And, uh, you know, it just, it just be the change you want to see, really. I know that does sound cliche, and it sounds like some random post you'd see on LinkedIn or something about about uh, some self-help guy saying that, but it really is quite true. I think if we all did that maybe once a week, we'd see a massive change just in a little time period. But we're all tired and beat up, and we're run down, and we're, we're screwed over. Um, you know, a lot of us have haven't, haven't even have been out of work for the last year, really. Uh, except, you know, for this, this, uh, this call center job that I had scored these, these last couple of months, I, I, I haven't really been working, um, you know, and they keep saying how people are, there's one half of the society is advancing, totally making money and saving it and paying off bills. And then there's this other half that are just going right down the tubes. So there's this huge split in wealth. Yeah. The chances are, if you're one of those people who are doing shots when you're, when you should be homeschooling and you're doing shots on a Thursday night on a social media, Hey, look at me, we're in a pandemic and we're drinking. If you're doing that, chances are you're going the wrong way. Let's be honest. If you're celebrating getting more fucked up and just hiding the problems then you're really just, that's all you're doing is putting a big fat bandaid on your issues. And that's why a lot of people are struggling. That's why opium addiction is up, I think, 17% I read since this pandemic started. That's insane. 17% is massive. You talk about opium addicts. Yeah, along with ODs and suicide um, are all, all exploding in, 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 in high numbers. And I, I just feel like that a lot of it's not even getting out to the people because it's, they don't want to make things worse because you know, the morale was already so low. But yeah. Suicides, opiate use, and overdose are, are are skyrocketing, really. Yeah. So that you got to, and it all, it all comes down to not being truth with self. It really does. Yeah. It's so simple. It's just it's in in what we need to do, you know. But a lot of it's hard. It, it takes a lot of self reflection, a lot of mea culpa, which a lot of people don't want to do. You have to say, okay, this was who I am, and if I want to be this person, I got to change this, 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 and this. And until you are brave enough to make those choices, then you're going to keep on being in a cyclical thing. That's why you see people from your hometown who have the exact same opinions they had when they were 15 years old. They have the exact same perspective they had when they were 15 years old. That's insane to me. 
you you can't grow your mind and change your opinion. Nothing has changed your opinion in say 20 or 30 years living your life. You're the same fucking way. That's sad. It's depressing. Really. I know. I was thinking about that the other day because I was trying to count my blessings and, and you know think of some things to be grateful for. Cause I like try to start off my day each day by thing three things that I'm grateful for. And uh I came up with this whole thing that I had left the East coast six years ago and came out here. And I thought about all the things that I've done, all the different jobs that I did, all the different people that I met, all the different experiences that I had. And, uh, if I didn't just take off and, uh, you know, take a gamble, roll the dice a little bit and get away from that same type of, of, uh, just the same way of thinking that I was. And honestly, it was, it was, it was, it was very far liberal. I was very far liberal when I was uh, living in Philadelphia and living in Pennsylvania. And uh, honestly, I went kind of over to the left, just left the center. And, and uh, it, it, you know, not to say that uh, that was something bad or something good, but it, you know, it's just, just part of the, just getting out there and seeing how other people live and then getting these experiences that actually I learned and, and was able to grow so much more as, as a person. Uh, so that, that's something that I'm real grateful for. And that's something I encourage people out there to do as, as we start to open up here and get out a little bit more and experience things. Start, start taking some inventory about how you are and as a person, what you have, what you want to accomplish. We, we are, there, there will be never a better time to just say, I'm going to start over and do all this, all these things differently than, it, than to do in these next couple months. From, from basically now to the end of the year, if you're ever thinking about a change in your life, it's really, it's the time is, is coming to do that.